spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. <laughs> Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 296. This is our weekly DCEU news episode. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and I'm kind of bummed that Metallica never did a cover of Zombie by the Cranberries. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Never crossed my mind. I can live without it, though. It just seems like that song is something they should have done, you know? I, is I there could, a... <laughs> I can see it. Is there a band that you wish had done, like, a solid studio cover of, a, of something? Uh, not off the top of my head. That's one of those where, like, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole question. If I really started doing it, we'd be here for days. That's okay with me. <laughs> I have... Um, uh, other needs to attend to. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, we'll jump into news. Hans Zimmer might be back. Oh, he's not swearing no. us off after all. No, well, maybe. Uh, he was talking to the West Australian, and uh, they asked him if he was retired from superhero movies. He says, it's true until somebody comes along with a great idea. That's not retiring, Celine. I know, right? Um, <laughs> he said, how many people have to go write two Batman themes in their lifetime? I needed a break from it, and I needed to categorically say I need a break. So, okay. He might be back. So, just separating. Just separating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no need to worry the kids yet. Just separate. Yeah. Speaking of worrying the kids, mm-hmm. Jared Leto is hinting that there might be more Joker, it seems. he uh, On Twitter, he posted a picture of the Killing Joke cover. And on Snapchat, he put up a poster, uh, uh, no, sorry, not a poster, a picture of uh, a purple Gucci jewelry case with a blinged, jewel-encrusted, silver-tipped tooth. It looks like an animal tooth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh looks very jokery. His jokery, mm-hmm. not my jokery. Whole bunch of news with The Rock. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it looks like he's going to be getting his own solo Black Adam film on top of being in the Shazam movie. It looks like they're going to uh, divide it up into two different movies, Black Adam and Shazam. Makes sense. Black Adam's a pretty rich character. Um, and chronolo- chronologically speaking, he was, you know, before Billy Batson. Mm-hmm. So. Several yeah. thousand years. Um, you know, it seemed like they had that meeting a couple weeks ago with Jeff Johns and the involved personnel for that with uh, mm-hmm. everybody involved in, uh, in in Marvel so far and just... After that, we just got this explosion of excitement culminating with like, and you know, fuck it, give him his own movie. Right. Like, it just seemed like maybe he was just so entertaining or electrifying in that right. meeting that um they were like, you know what, fuck it, we're, we're just going to make a movie with this guy too. Yeah. Now, well, he is the most electric, electrifying man in entertainment. That is well documented. Now, well documented, yeah. Do you, uh, wouldn't you think this down, like the Man of Steel 2 had that rumor that, well, hey, maybe we're going to make Black Adam the, uh, the culprit there. And, mm. you know, our reaction was, eh, I don't think so, but I think this further downplays that rumor. <laughs> Even Dwayne well, The Rock Johnson cannot play, like, in three of these movies right now. I don't know, man. There's a big rumor going around uh, Hollywood Hollywood reporters Boris Kitt uh, speculates that Black Adam might actually show up in Aquaman in a cameo. A cameo is one thing, but we were talking major villains here. Yeah. I mean, well, he's an anti major presence. Mm. We're, going so, to, we're going that way with him? I mean, he's always kind of been that. I mean, not always, but... I mean, sometimes... Sometimes in the pre, pre-52 and, you know, especially in New 52. Yeah. I mean, but um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, I think it was. He was all over the damn place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a rumor. That's the rumor about him being an Aquaman. Though James Wan did uh, take to Twitter and said, Glad to have you in the club, my friend at uh the rock and the rock tweeted out one of my favorite directors to work with thank you brother can't wait for you and momoa to deliver aquaman to the world hashtag dceu hashtag the club (laughs) (laughs) the club all right of course uh you know dwayne johnson and james wan worked together on furious seven yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in a james wan joint i guess not (laughs) so this is really cool and um I have to admit, it gives me a lot more respect for David Ayer. Uh, shows him to have some integrity here. Um, Pins fanboy on Twitter tweet, uh, tweeted to David Ayer, more so, oh, sorry, uh, so thankful for Suicide Squad at David Ayer movies, exactly the way it is. It's a masterpiece. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And uh, Ayer actually, I guess, had way more to write than 140 characters because he actually wrote out a huge response and posted it as a picture. Yeah, he that's says, the cheat code. Yeah. He says, thank you so much. I know it's a controversial film. I really tried to make something different with a look and a voice of its own. I took inspiration from the insanity of the original comics. Making a movie is a journey, not a straight line. I learned so much. People want what they want, and everyone has a personal vision of how each character should look and walk and talk. If you set out to make a mass appeal movie, it's easy to end up with vanilla. But Mm -hmm. I went for it. And I know Squad has its flaws. Hell, the world knows it. Nothing hurts more than to pick up a newspaper and see a couple years of your blood, sweat, and tears ripped to shreds. The hate game is strong out there. The movie was wildly successful commercially, and the world got introduced into some very cool characters in the DC universe, and that success is due exactly to the wonder and power of DC of his characters. Would I do things, uh, sorry, would I do a lot of things different? 
Yep, for sure. Wish I had a time machine. I'd make Joker the main villain and engineer a more grounded story. I have to take the good and the bad and learn from it. I love making movies and I love DC. I'm a high school dropout and used to paint houses for a living. I'm lucky to have the job I have. I have to give the characters and stories and plots. Sorry, I have to give the characters the stories and plots they deserve next time. Real talk. And no, there isn't a secret edit of the film with a bunch of Joker scenes hidden in a salt mine somewhere. <laughs> All right, that was one of the most um, impressive retorts I've heard in a long time. Right. It's not even a retort. It's just a, it's damn near a Maya culpa, but. Yeah, it's. uh, It's very much, yeah, I got shit wrong. I got some shit wrong. Yeah. But I got a lot of right, I got a lot of shit right too, which is true. I mean, we, you know. (laughs) Yeah. The world has blank, like, squarely pointed out that there's a lot of stuff they would have preferred. Yeah. And, you know, I I still believe that the final cut was done by that trailer house. I do. That's fine. Um, I I don't, I, I can deal with that. And. You know, the most impressive thing in there, other than just the couple of moments where you're, like you said, the integrity of just saying, yeah, I, I made mistakes. Yeah. Um, He's owning the shit. I, just saying, in particular, I would have made Joker the main the main villain and gone mm-hmm. for a more grounded story. Yeah, that would have made it for a better film. He's, he's absolutely yeah. right. So not yeah, only is he pointing actually, out flaws he's that pointing out flaws of his, he's actually pointing out accurately some of those flaws, mm-hmm. which is just as important. And the, uh, the whole part, like... Like, when he released this, friggin' Suicide Squad cast came out with an episode just talking about this. <laughs> and they kind of they kind of pulled out the whole section about, um, you know, everyone has an idea of how the, the characters should look and walk and talk. Mm-hmm. I w- they thought Joker, I thought Joker at the same time. I was like, when they were reading it, I was like, oh, that, that shit's Joker right there. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about, you know, how Captain Boomerang is, you know, was in the comics versus here. I mean, he kind of was the same guy, but... Um, I don't think you know. It was a lot of people that there wasn't like an outcry or groundswell of like, oh, they fucked up Ted. It's just no one, <laughs> no one cared enough for there to be a groundswell. There wouldn't. There was barely a ground whimper if it was if it was even out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I um, I have to wonder though, with him saying that he he hopes that the or he wished that he had made Joker the main antagonist of the film. Does that mean that's what he's doing for Gotham City Sirens? Could easily be already, and it it would um, directing. I mean, yeah, and I suppose he's gonna he's gonna take what he learns here. So Gotham City Sirens, we're we're not dealing with a cast of what eight? I don't remember. I'd have to count in my head. Um, I don't feel like it. But now it's a cast of like three that are on the poster. Mm-hmm. Maybe four if you shove Joker in there. Mm-hmm. That's way easier to deal with. You should get a, you should be able to get a more grounded story out of it. And, and, I, and I totally think it might totally coincide with the the Jared Leto stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I say we, you know, we could get a little more backstory on Harley and Joker, get a little bit more of their abusive relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, make him the villain of the piece in as much as, you know, on a uh, on a women's empowerment push. Oh, it'd be you know fantastic. Because, I mean? uh, you know, like Harley these days in the books is she's way past mad love. I mean, she's her own thing entirely. She like almost seems like sometimes she kind of almost wistfully remembers those days. But it, yeah. it, it, she... There's a lot of versions of her now where she would never go back to that codependent bullshit. She's her own thing. Yeah. She does not care about him anymore. Even if she cared yeah, about him one day. Anyway, yeah, they could they could do that story where she grows out of that psychologically abusive and physically abusive relationship. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. One of my favorite beats from uh, the episode Harley and Ivy the end of the animated series was you know they you know batman's trying to take him down because harley and ivy are on their crime spree joker's coming after him because he wants harley back and he wants to kill ivy and 
<laughs> they're just there's a rampage and there's destruction in their wake mm-hmm. and you know they scream no man can hold us down or whatever it was and you know the next beat is you know they get arrested by detective montoya mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's great like i, I feel like it was is a great little bit but it's also you know it's a nice nod like okay well there's no way that we can actually have them be brought down by Batman and Joker because of the, you know, feminist message of this story. So also, how I about Dr. They're... Or how about Officer Rene Montoya? Yeah, Montoya would be a great pull. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Really would. And yeah, I, I don't think they've said anything yet, but I just have this feeling they're going to leave Batman completely out of that movie. You think? I just have a feeling. I don't believe it. It's just it's just what my gut's telling me right now. There's no news. I'm not reporting a damn thing. I'm just this is what my gut says. Right. Right. You know, I I truly believe Batman will be in that movie. You can't do Gotham City any damn thing without Batman popping his, his head up and he's Wolverine. I know. You, you, <laughs> you just can't like there was a point can't put Marvel an X on and, something without Yeah, there was um, an X. You don't even need an X. Like there was a point in the comics where he was part of the Extreme X-Men team, the Uncanny X-Men, the All-Star X-Men. He was <laughs> part of the Avengers. He would pop up in Gambit, you know? Yeah. And well, and Spider-Man, and he is in his own sh- his, his own uh, title. Right. Plus, they had miniseries. They even had, like, a bit in one of the comics where, you know, everyone's kind of in... Uh, this was after they had written Xavier out of the books, and Cyclops was headmaster. And, like, people are all in the office yelling at him. And like, Wolverine was one of them, and he's, uh, he's yelling, Look, I appreciate it, but I can't be on every team. I have a life. <laughs> the hell you can't. <laughs> I don't know what it. I, I really don't know what it is uh, that's that's making me think this. It's just something. I mean, they might not, but you know what would be dope as hell if they actually do bring in Montoya mm-hmm. and they bring in like a Maggie Sawyer type of thing, and they can bring in you know uh, Batwoman mm-hmm. and just really like push home like the female empowerment of the DC universe in Gotham. Works. I think that would be badass. Works for me. You get and they um, could actually have like Joker and Batman sort of as you know. Uh, opposite pole antagonists, just like that episode, but all, you know, just have you know, Batwoman take her down or whatever. And you could have you have a Batwoman in the DCU now. No, get a Cassandra Cain uh, Batwoman, her? and um, uh, well, that would be Batgirl. No, Batgirl. That, that no, no, I think that was that was Kate Kane who was Batwoman. Mm, I'd have to look that one up now. But I believe her and Montoya were an item for a minute there. So um, that's what I thought. Bring that in, go for the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it was it was Kate Kane. Cassandra Kane is Batgirl. Oh, it was Kate. I'm as, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Kate. And different spelling of Kane. <laughs> yeah, completely. Completely. I had, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Which, by the way, I would love to see Cassie Kane. Hell yeah. Just make this straight up birds of prey. <laughs> like, just, I want so much. I want so many things. I know. And apparently you're going to get them because they just keep announcing crap. It hurts. It hurts, Jason. Yeah. It hurts so much it turns me into Uncle Arthur. Yeah. And you know what's funny? We still get excited when they're like, oh, they're going to do a new movie. We're like, that sounds great. Because that's like two and a half hours of our life. What's starting to get to us now when they're like, we're going to do a new show. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to quit my job. (laughs) Yep. All right. So um, (laughs) Ben Affleck was uh, doing an interview on BBC Radio 1. And they asked him what he learned from Batman v Superman. He says, uh, it taught me not to do interviews with Henry Cavill where I don't say anything and they could lay a Simon and Garfunkel tracks over it. That's one thing I learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, I learned it. It was funny. I actually, 
Yeah, I learned a ton, actually, making that movie. I had not made a movie of that scale. I didn't know what the sort of technology was capable of doing nowadays. The last big blockbustery movies I made was Armageddon, which was in 1997. And so the rest of them had been The Town and Gone Girl and stuff like that. So, you know, the technology had really changed the way those movies were being made. It was fascinating, so I learned a tremendous amount. Um, So, yeah. well, I'm glad he learned things. He'll get to use it. Yeah, right. Umberto Gonzalez, um, <laughs> kind of uh, kind of hit and miss. He used to be really on point, but he's been, he's been missing a couple of things lately. Mm. He's been wrong about some things. But anyway, he says, uh, of all places, ran into two different sources here at Sundance. One saw Wonder Woman's first cut, the other J- uh, Justice League. They tell me good things about each. Okay. So, you know, not huge. And not getting nearly the press of the as the uh, Wonder Woman is is trash or whatever. Oh yeah, that's been going that around. Wonder Woman is a mess. That's still showing um, up in news feeds for me. Yeah, even the girl who who said that from uh, Schmo's nose was like, "Dude, I it was this is fake news. Like, what? This is not. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be this. It was just a comment that someone told me." Yeah. Oh, the Justice League. Joseph, uh, Jason Momoa was talking about his favorite Justice League member. The Hollywood Reporter asked him uh, <laughs> who his favorite superhero was of Justice League. And apparently he didn't even miss a beat. He said, e- Flash, Ezra Miller. He's like my little brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, 3D renders of Batman's cowl from Justice League have surfaced. They look like Batman. I really didn't know what else to say about him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I saw um, the same shot and went, okay, well, that yeah, looks right. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, everyone's freaking out about this uh, picture that Zack Snyder released of Batman's back. But judging by the size of the dust specks and the size of the seams and leather pattern on the cape, I'd say this is a high-end action figure or maquette of some kind. Hmm. I don't think this is, I mean, it might be a bat. It's probably a Batman from justice league, but it's, I don't think it was actually a dude in a suit. It looks like a toy. I, yeah, I remember thinking that too, that it looked a little too sheeny, but I didn't really, I don't know how to analyze a picture on that level. Well, you know, all my brain can do is like, that's not, that looks weird. And then I don't really know how to articulate it. Well, you know how See, like, articulate. you get like, uh, yeah. yeah, you know how you get an action figure. Maybe you don't. Are you looking at an action figure and they have a cape? And, you know, the it's like the thread is too big or the pattern of the, the leather on the cape is too big because it's still like our size leather. Oh, but- <laughs> well, you can see a pattern in it that should be human sized. Like, eh, what's that doing yeah, on a yeah, six inch yeah. thing? Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm looking at, though. And I'm also looking at, you know, dust specks on the cowl. I'm like, those dust specks are really big. Was was Affleck standing in asbestos when this was? Yeah. I'm just saying I may or may not have taken a lot of pictures of a lot of action figures and know a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, I believe that, actually. I believe that Also, deeply. I'm so, so sad. <laughs> There's a new image from, uh, a new image of Justice League from Empire. It's uh, Batman, The Flash, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman. And they're standing, it's, you know, the trailer that we saw where they're standing on that little catwalk thing coming out of that door. Mm-hmm. It's this of that shot, but from the other side, you can see, like, the railing of the catwalk is broken. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're about to be looking at, like, a parademon nest. I don't know. It looked like the same setting as that, um, I forget who it was. It was just two of them a couple weeks ago that came out. Mm-hmm. It looked like the same background, at least. Picture looks, you know, kind of great. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Let's get some moving pictures, guys. That's the only thing I have to say about it. It's like, the picture looks great, but I, I, I just, I'm one of those guys that's like, yep, cool, nothing to see here. 
Like unless something looks bad, I don't really focus on it. I'm like, yep, looks great, cool. Right. So how long do I have to wait for that thing to move? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to know what's happening now. Right. Gosh, I didn't write down what this was. What an idiot. Um. So, <laughs> people at Entertainment Weekly, uh, editorial director Jess Cagle, at uh, they were doing some sort of a sit down with um with the cast of The Founder. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Uh, Michael Keaton is in it, uh, Nick Offerman, uh, Patrick Wilson, and, um, the founder is, uh, basically, uh, Keaton playing the founder of McDonald's. Oh, yeah, no. I've, yeah. I've seen that around. So they were having, like, a big sit-down about it, and, uh, Jeff Cagle asked him, or asked, um, Keaton and Patrick about, uh, playing supervillains in Spider-Man Homecoming and Aquaman. Um, Keaton had some really cool stuff to say about Spider-Man Homecoming and the Vulture and, and stuff, you know, not that, you know, we're, we're a DC podcast, so we're going to skip that. Um, but <laughs> Patrick Wilson had a lot less to say about playing Ocean Master and there, this isn't news. I just liked it. I just thought it was funny. Um, he says, it's nice to don the tights every now and then. And then Keaton says, Vulture will destroy you, Ocean Master. <laughs> <laughs> And Nick Offerman went, all right, take it easy, guys. We're all pals here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love Nick Offerman anyway, so. Villain fight. I like the idea of Ron Swanson stopping the vulture and Ocean Master right. from fighting. <laughs> right. Just one glorious mas- mustache holding the situation together. Right. <laughs> now shake hands and go back to your separate corners, please and thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on, uh, <laughs> the rap reported a short list for who they've who they've heard was uh, going to be playing Hal Jordan. Now they also say that nobody has actually been contacted. They haven't. They're not in talks with any of these people. Um, but apparently, the short list for Hal Jordan is Tom Cruise, Joel McHale, Bradley Cooper, Ryan Reynolds, Army Hammer, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um. I don't like Tom Cruise. Take Tom Cruise out of that, and I'm not really upset about any of the rest of it. I don't think Joel McHale could pull it off. I, th- I think he could. I really don't think he could. I'd like to at least see that screen test. Give him an ambush bug. No, no, he can do. He could do this. Nah, man, he can't do. We've this. We've seen him do serious. We've even seen him do oh, angry here and there. Shit, no, make him guy. Oh fuck, I go. He's guy. Yeah, he's guy Gardner. If I've ever work. met him, <laughs> could definitely work. <laughs> Now, Bradley Cooper, I'd be on board. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he's like tied up in the MCU because he's Rocket. Mm. Um, Ryan Reynolds, I'd be happy to have back. He was not the weak point of that movie. No. And, and again, look, we it's a, it, Green Lantern got a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. We just say that the Amanda Waller was a decoy. Or and, you know, uh, the name changes with whoever's in the role. Right. I mean, well, no, we don't want to do a 007 thing, but... Eh. I say we just, you know, say that that was a decoy because that was like the first time they'd ever really dealt with that. I don't know. Just say something. Just never mention it. Move on. Or we just never mention it. Do the roadie thing. Pull a roadie. Yeah. Pull a roadie. Um, (laughs) We're just fine for them. I I would love to see Bradley Cooper or Ryan Reynolds. I don't know Army Hammer well enough. I I guess I'd be okay with it. Yeah. We're not. He's Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. I want to. I want to keep the Gyllenhaals away from DC movies from now on. Yeah, that's fair. Um. <laughs> uh, now, you you do realize that if they did this, um, hopefully it would it would um like it would make the Green Lantern movie part of this canon, I guess, in retrospect, yeah. and that would immediately make right. it the most fun movie in the canon. 
<laughs> right. We would need to find, figure out a way that, you know, both Carol Ferris and Carrie Ferris can coexist, you know. Cousins, but, coincidence, um, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so then uh, we got this covered, decided to come out. They were trying to figure out, they were trying to confirm the RAPS report about the shortlist. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of talked to one of their sources. And the other person says, this other source says the Army Hammer and Ryan Reynolds were definitely being considered and have been brought up several times. And they also said, I've also heard one, or I've heard one more name too. Ever since Westworld, Marsden has, t- has been pretty hot around here. They've discussed him for Hal as well. So James Marsden. Mm-hmm. I saw Marsden pop up somewhere later. I don't need Cyclops to be Hal Jordan. <laughs> I just don't. I've never, like, I, I'm, I, I, Westworld looks cool. I really want to watch it. I have, I have never liked James Marsden. I didn't like him in Superman Returns. I didn't like him in the X-Men movies. Okay. I didn't like him when he was on Ally McBeal. I think I literally just know the guy as Cyclops, who I thought was kind of a prick in those movies. And, like, so how I'm do just you tainted. go from, how do you go from, you know, third star, of, or no, maybe fourth or fifth star of the X-Men movies to Ally McBeal? Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, still, it, back, in those, back in those days, movies to television was still, you know, the step down. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. But Well, it still matters. There's still I a stigma, know. but I think it's gotten easier. <sighs> it depends on which TV station you're going to. I would think so, too, yeah. But I think we're like, I think like we're past your age quits and good. pisses on the contract you made with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so Army Hammer is denying that anything is, you know, he says he hasn't, he says, I saw the reporting, too. That's the first I've heard of it. But again, the rap said that no one is in talks with anybody yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing crazy has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, oh my gosh, we're almost done. Tickets are wow. now available. Tickets are now available for the Lego Batman movie. Um, do we have ours yet or what's happening with that? Do you know? They just became available like today, so I haven't had time to get mine. Gotcha. But um, we've got a Thursday night showing we're hoping to get to. Okay. Yep. There you go. Um, and uh, it comes with a coupon code to get 50% off of the digital HD version of 2014's Lego movie. What's that going to make it? Like Batman a, first showed up. Like an eight buck copy? Something like that? Yeah, I guess so. Pretty cheap. It's pretty nice. Yeah. You know what that's right, going to be perfect so, uh, for is like the parents whose uh, kids watch tablets in the background sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's ideal. I mean, I got a, I've got a couple of nephews that know, know their way around a tablet way better than I do. Dude's like six years old. <laughs> I, I mean, right. I'm, I'm just like staring at the screen like, what do I touch? Mm-hmm. He's pulling up YouTube videos. Great. Can I get to the real computer again, please? Yeah, and they know how to like, they know how to type so quick on those things. I'm like, wait, no, I need a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Not that. I need a proper keyboard, not a non-screen keyboard. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this? I need to be able to move. I, need to feel... I, I learned how to type with all 10 fingers. Don't make me forget that. I, right. I need to be, I need to feel the texture of the keys beneath my fingers. I know. I like the clicky sound too. I had when uh, my the this guy's just turned four, but uh, my youngest nephew a couple of years ago, like they got him kind of as like his first tablet. And it was I didn't uh-huh. I didn't even know in a tablet at the time. I thought like, well, he's balling. I okay, and um, he would just hang around and like watch videos on it, and then like chew on the corner of it for a little while, and then watch more videos. Like, this guy is literally chewing on this device, and he knows how to operate it better than I do. Well, now I plead ignorance. I've never I'd never owned one at the time, so um. And, you know, I can get my way around a computer pretty well. So it's just a matter of, like, no transference of, of knowledge there. But, the uh, man, it was demoralizing to think of it that way for a second. Sure. Because I think he was still at the stage where, like, he was watching videos of fruit dancing. And he, like, wanted to mm-hmm. chew on the fruit and thought that sounded reasonable. I'm like, oh, I'll just chew on the scenery here. It'll be orange flavored. 
I choose silence over admitting how reasonable that actually sounds to me. <laughs> Better to stay silent and be thought a fool, Dave. <laughs> those should All be right. those should be our new t-shirts easy on screen better to be better to stay silent and be thought a fool dot 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 we have a giveaway uh that we've been running and uh we have two new five-star reviews awesome these these two from stitcher and oh. i want to apologize for the first one because i just don't i forget to check stitcher i check the itunes like Every other day, the Stitcher's actually I not to check the Stitcher. easy to check. It, it it like it makes you work for it a little bit. I mean, it's easy for me to check. I've got the link. Yeah, I had to go set up a link somewhere <laughs> to be able to check anything. But um, it's just, we you know we've been around for a year and a half or so, and um, this is only like our sixth and seventh reviews on Stitcher. So um, you know, I just never check it. So I apologize to JCH four six three who left a five star written review a month ago. Ooh. Dude, I'm a I'm a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Alright. So but Dave you are, Dave, Garen. we assume you're going to correct this behavior in the future, I guess. Absolutely. I've checked it every day <laughs> since. Um but yeah. So dude, apologies. Uh five out of five stars has awesome podcast, great news, and very informational the report between uh, sorry the rapport between the hosts is very good it's a nice review you're entered into the contest or the into the drawing i'm gonna choose to think that like if he had been entered in the last one he wouldn't have won mm-hmm. and then that maybe now he's gonna win this one right because of that maybe mm-hmm. has an equal chance yeah i mean theoretically but i'm just you know or maybe you know the universe wanted him to win and knew he wouldn't win if I was, he or she wouldn't win if they were on the last contest. That's more what I'm getting at. That's more what yeah. I'm getting at is that uh, some, some luck has intervened here. Right. And, uh, that I don't hope everyone ne- else wins. Right. Our next, <laughs> you know, I feel bad for that guy, guy or gal, whichever one JCH doesn't, doesn't really tell us, but I feel bad. Um, and I want them to win because of how long it took me to read the review. That's but fair. this guy's got it. This guy's got it on the name. Mark Hamill's smiling foreskin. That's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That's a pretty weak clap um, on my part. I, I, I'm sorry. I have it's cold in my house, and I have gloves on. <laughs> but that was a clap, and was meant to be uh, more enthusiastic. Yeah. Mark Hamill's smiling foreskin says honest, reasonable, oh, sorry, honest, reasonably optimistic, but fair and funny. There are other more popular DC podcasts, but they don't have half of the humor and charisma of Dave and Jason. What's more, those other podcasts are usually full of unrealistic optimism for DC movies or shows or borderline psychotic hatred for them. These guys hit it up honestly and rationally. Sometimes they change their minds about stuff, but importantly, they're always rooting for the stuff to be the best it can be. Their fan interaction is unmatched, all caps. Somehow they make it seem like a professional newscast and a session hanging at the comic shop simultaneously. I don't know how they do it. Those are great reviews, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, you know, we, we really do like... Um... We, we've we've found like this group of people that also watches these shows and watches these movies and comes back and goes eh, but we're like real <laughs> real passionate about our eh, like it's ad, but right. we have like three thousand word essays behind them mentally. Right. What did you think about the so and so? Well, 
here's what I thought. Grab a seat. Here's a beer. Just have a, have. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, but yeah, very much. Thank you uh, from both of those cats. Um, just seven more five star reviews and giveaway number four. If you feel like we're deserving of it, give us a five star written review on iTunes or Stitcher, and you'll automatically be entered in a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback, DVD, or Blu-ray valued at fifteen dollars or less. As a reminder, the winner of giveaway number three was Mad Cow seventy two. We need to hear back from you by January thirtieth, or we will do another drawing and give it to somebody else. And now, feel I don't bad know, about it, but you know, and we'll feel bad about it. Somebody's got to get uh, that the thing. Easiest, Absolutely. Easiest way to claim your prize is to email us at dconscreen at gmail.com with an Amazon link to the trade paperback, DVD, or Blu-ray you want, along with your shipping address. Um, now, it, full disclosure, someone contacted us on some medium, and I, I think it was Twitter, and said that they were Mad Dog and wanted to know how they claimed their prize. I said, send me an Amazon link, just so, just what I said. And then, I can't now I can't find that message anywhere. Like, it didn't happen. I don't know if it was a dream. <laughs> I don't know. You do stay up late on Twitter sometimes. I do. I don't know if it was a dream. I don't know if someone just sent, you know, someone faked it and then felt bad about it. I don't <laughs> I don't know what happened. Maybe. But, um. Personal reasons. They, like, deleted their account and completely forgot about this thing. Yeah. Ah. But, um, yeah. So, if we haven't heard back from the next, uh. This is, incidentally, the, why I suggest using email to get back week? to us. Because once it comes to us, it can't go away. The machinations of the yeah, internet absolutely. cannot do anything to it. So, uh, yeah, let us know. DCOnScreen at gmail.com. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for our DCEU episode. We are DC on Screen. You can find every episode on DCOnScreen.com. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also talk to us directly on Twitter, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com, also members of the Batman Podcast Network, and we will be coming right back with a brand new DC TV news episode. So until hey, next time. Now, did we mention we're going to do a quick Lego review? I don't think we did. Well, all right, there you go. We're going to do a quickie on, uh, on the Lego review. So we'll be back uh, even before before you know it. Okay. <laughs> did you mention that to me? <laughs> The, um, no, we were talking about the other day. I thought we'd confirm that the other day. It's what we're doing Thursday. I, or Thursday after this one, right? No, it's like three weeks. Anyway, we're going to do that, though. What? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Whenever this damn uh, Lego Batman thing comes out. Yeah, uh, when the Lego Batman movie comes out in like a month. I forgot the freaking date <laughs> on that thing. Like February I don't actually know what something. <laughs> I think 10th. <laughs> yeah, so in a while. In a while. <laughs> We're going to do a Lego Batman movie review. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a few minutes away. Just a few just minutes. Just a few minutes. <laughs> just blink. We'll be right back with it. All right. So until next time, when something's happening, keep some DC on your screen. I was like, is it? I was like, wait, wait, wait <laughs> next Thursday? I don't fucking know what date it is, man. <laughs> I have... Literally forgotten what day I'm in right now and what day that came out. And for a second, I was like, no, that's just Thursday. No, that's not right. Oh, well. You know, Christine McVeigh or McVeigh, whatever her name is, of Fleetwood Mac. Nope. She and. But okay. All right. Well, she was the other chick. She was the other chick in the band, you know. Okay. And uh, she and, uh, Lin, like you know, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks used to have a band together called uh, Buckingham Nicks. I remember that.
and uh, apparently Buckingham is Lindsay Buckingham is pissed because uh, Stevie Nicks has been doing Buckingham Nicks songs on her tour, oh, and uh, so he and Christine decided to do an album together, and they're calling their band Buckingham McVie or McVeigh or whatever. And everyone's like, like they're throwing shade at Stevie, you know. And I saw this girl on Twitter just, she just, she responded to it with, "It's hilarious. These senior citizens are still the most dramatic band on the planet." <laughs> <laughs> like everyone having group orgies in a recording studio janitor closet during rumors wasn't enough. Right. Mick Fleetwood snorting coke off of a snare drum for six months instead of recording an album wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Anyway, I had landslides stuck in my head a lot. Oh, it's a fantastic song. You wouldn't be a human if you didn't have it stuck in your head at least once. It's it's a hey, actually, I'll I'll be honest. As much as I've always said I didn't like Fleetwood Mac, um, Mm -hmm. I've heard two things recently. One, I never heard the song Tusk. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with it, I'm sure I am. Um, it's weird. Like it's prog rock. Actually, it's not even their normal thing. Mm -hmm. It was like prog rock. It was way off what I thought they were capable of, and I thought, okay, shit, I didn't know y'all could do that. All right, I'll give you props on that. And then a couple times. That's the thing about Fleetwood Mac; they do a lot of different types of things. Like they're not. Well, I, 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 I've heard them do a couple of types of things, no doubt. But it, like Tusk was like wildly different from what I, I was, you know, familiar with. Yeah. And um, it's just been a long time since I think I've actually heard the damn thing. But like Christian's been doing housework, and I've got a copy of like a vinyl copy of Rumors now. Mm-hmm. She put it on, and like front to back, it's got a little bit of like it's got a little bit of seventies, you know, Bostony kind of rock feel to it, but mm-hmm. less than the others, for God's sake. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, yeah, I mean, it's a little riffy first... here and there, but for the mo- for the most part, you know, Rumors is it's a solid album. It's, it's top fifty any day, right? Yeah. If you don't have a vinyl of Rumors <clears throat> laying about, you're probably not a music fan. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of it seems like the songs I've heard, I'm like, yeah, Landslide's good, but the rest of them, I don't know. Yeah, I have a copy of you know Rumors, and you got to have a copy of Frampton Comes Alive. Those are the ones that are just yes, Blonde on Blonde may be the third. I actually don't have a copy but, of Blonde on Blonde. I mean, not Blonde on Blonde. Um, the Frampton comes Frampton. alive. But I think I've like had one is, on various occasions. Yeah. Because they just made oh, so counts. damn many of them. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Where like, it'll just <laughs> appear in my record collection. And I'm like, huh. And then I'll like look back later. And like, oh, it just, it's. It does that, man. It just shows up. Everybody was worried about Ozzy Osbourne all these years. Frampton comes alive. That was the Ouija board of music. You just turn around and there, there it was. You can't burn it. It won't burn. <laughs> it won't burn you know this is one of, the, one of the funny things like every time i've had someone where it's like somebody's cool uncle or something and that kind of vibe yeah every single time i go look at somebody's cool uncle and their music mm-hmm. so help me there's a copy or two of frampton comes alive yeah if you leave it long enough they will multiply oh did you uh listen to that full billy west i did i loved it you should scroll down a little further and listen to all of Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey's good. Like, dude, he's got like, yeah, he's good. He's got like stories about his dad and his mom and shit. But like, he also talks about like living with Lorne Michaels when he first got, you know, to the city and, uh, the door, you know, they hear somebody at the door and Lorne goes, go get the door, will you? <laughs> and he goes, he does like, he's doing impressions the whole show. Mm-hmm. You know? But he like goes and opens the door and he's uh, Paul McCartney and Paul and Linda McCartney are there and he's like his face is just contorted into this dumbstruck. <laughs> like he tells he he just tells some great stories and like he and Mark Maron sing you know some, some Beatles you know mm-hmm. he actually does seem to know his music a little bit so it's, it's pretty fun it's it's a damn fine episode too I hit that up that sounds good I mean the 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 Billy Weston one was fantastic I mean it, 
hearing him talking about the depths of his uh, depravity was pretty neat because I knew he got I knew he got really far. Because mm-hmm. um, remember he was talking about being at uh, WBNC or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I'm just guessing about the letters I forgot. But he was talking about being at that location. He was doing like, you know, that was like where he got his start with voice acting and stuff like that. And you had to do like that session in the morning where it's like he talked about it here. Where it's like you get you get home at like 4:50 and be at work at 6:30. And it's like, how do we even do that? Yeah. Um. Now, part that cracked me up the most though is um. I kept expecting him to tell this story, and I'm so glad he told it on Futurama now, because now I have, like, this extra story where mm-hmm. when he's talking about those days when it was like, how did I even pull this off? And he said it was toward the end of him saying, you know what, I got to get out, I gotta get out of this. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, like, towards the, it was when it was getting pretty bad. He said he, um, he had a, a it was, a, you know, just regular copy gig in the morning. Shows up for work, they show him the scripts for what he's, what he's got to work with, no big deal, cool, we'll go knock this out. And one of the in one of the little promos he had to pretend to throw up uh-huh and like he went to pretend to throw up and just fucking hauled like just growled all over the fucking like radio board yeah and without missing a beat the guy in the other like the guy in the sound booth clicked on the the uh the announcing you know the little voiceover thing for him uh-huh and said billy your acting's really getting a lot better <laughs> <laughs> That was good. that was a story that was not on the podcast because I don't remember hearing. No, that. that was on like one of the Futurama commentaries. Okay, loved that story. It's a good story. Yeah, I, I really loved his thing. I mean, it's it was good. Like that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that your right, Mark Maron impression? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, my Mark Maron impersonation is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that guy. He he does this thing constantly. Where it's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, let's do it. I didn't even notice that. That's great. It, well, you know when you're like, it's if you're doing an interview process, you like you coach, you know, you like you encourage the story to continue, right? You, right, or right, you right. try to guide. And you, it was actually funny to hear Mark Maron do this because he's on like 700 of these things, and he's he's really good at it. Like he he'll like encourage what he just heard, and yet still cut the tangent the fuck down, and like like he's like, ah, it's great, but you were saying with the thing, and like pull it back yeah. to the narrative of where he felt the story was, and it was. Uh, He's a, he's yeah. a pro. It cracked me up. It cracked me up at like how blunt he was though in the Billy West interview because it's like Billy's just talking about you know life and everything. And he's like, right, right. So when the booze start, <laughs> 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 I like that. I liked how well Billy took it. it was like, yeah, well, so the booze started about nineteen seventy two. And then has like the and, goes, mm. and the coke you were doing the coke thing too and like later in the later in the story there's like yeah back when you were shithead Billy yeah back when I was shithead when I was like little shit fuck fucking yeah like, uh, Billy bastard yeah <laughs> yeah fantastic interview though Dana Carvey one was great as well I, do Dana. I meant to scroll through more but Stitch, I've got to get another catcher Stitcher's bad at this like it goes to load more episodes and it won't do it I'm like it's like seven hundred yeah. episodes to scroll through here so yeah. I got to find a new catcher. Anyway. I hear there's one that actually will catch Fat Man, but I haven't seen any episodes of Fat Man I really felt like watching, listened to recently. Yeah. Google Play is pretty good. Yeah. As you were saying, anyway. Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Name that impression. I don't know, but what it reminded me of was on old cassette tapes when you would play it and it would go boop, 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 boop. Oh, that's fair. You remember, like, at the beginning of each side of a old mm-hmm, cassette mm-hmm. tape, you know, boop, 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 boop. Especially on my comedy tapes, that's what I used to get. Now, um, my impressions are not, you know, they're my impressions. So, but Petrie from uh, Land Before Time. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's a deep cut. Every now and then I'll hear him. (laughs) Just haunting you. (laughs) (laughs) 
remember that scene? <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't watch Where the, the T-Rex, the T-Rex almost kills Petrie. I cried. Cried my eyes out. I probably remember it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Save oh, Petrie. I was thinking of Save Petrie. <laughs> I was thinking of Land The Land of the Lost. No, 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 no. Land of the Lost was bullshit. Land Before Time is where it was at. <laughs> yeah, until they made like 12 of them. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't care about those. It was just, you know, that tea was raw. I was just happy to watch the one on call today. Get the max out of your tax refund at iMart Express. With two pairs starting under 40 bucks, you'll spend less on the have-tos and keep more for the want-tos. Our quality glasses are made in-store by skilled lab techs that take care of your glasses from start to finish, getting them back to you with same-day speed. Get two pairs of glasses starting under 40 bucks or two pairs of progressives for under 80. Our prices won't break the bank. Your tax refund goes further at iMart Express. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.